And welcome to Workers Power, where you're with uh, Bill, and I'm uh, joined by uh, Jackson today. Hello. On uh, Four Triple Z, yeah, Workers Power, and uh, um, today on the show we we've, we've got we haven't got plenty. Of, normally, I say here we've got plenty of workers action, but actually today we've got plenty of interviews. We've got uh, um, a. a uh, workers Power regular uh, Kirsty from the United Workers Union is coming in to uh, let us know about uh, uh, the Big Step campaign and um, also, um, you know, how, how poorly the government are treating them at the time. And then we, uh, we, we're also got an interview lined up as an introduction um, to the... Uh, the uh, struggle for uh, refugee freedom out at Kangaroo Point. We got an interview with uh, uh, Sam Watson Jr. And then uh, we're going to cross over um, live to On the Grass over at uh, at Kangaroo Point. So stick around for that. It's always good to uh, go live to the grass and uh, and uh, hear of uh, workers standing up and uh, fighting back. And, um, of course, we've got the world-famous Scallywag of the Week coming up at the end of the show. So, uh, first and foremost, uh, we always acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we broadcast, the Yagara and Turrbal people. This land was stolen, never ceded. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We stand in solidarity with First Nations people in their struggles for recognition, reparation and land rights. Righto. There you go. That's the word you like, isn't it? Uh, apparently, I say righto when we move into uh, a new section and we're moving into First Nation workers' action. Um, Jackson, can you take us through ScoMo's slavery comments? Sure thing. Um, so, the CEO of the National Body for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children has responded to ignorant comments from the Prime Minister, where he said that slavery never existed in Australia. Scott Morrison defended Captain Cook's legacy on national radio station 2GB last Thursday morning when he claimed that the country was founded on the basis that there'd be no slavery. And while slave ships continued to travel around the world, and when Australia was established, yes, sure, it was a pretty brutal settlement, he said. Mariam Mann and SNAICC CEO Richard Weston described, the Mor- described Morrison's comments as ill-informed. What he's ignoring is the way Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were treated here, propping up industries like the pastoral industry, farming, mining industry, the, the pearling industry and the Torres Strait, he said. We also all know about the blackbirding of people from the South Pacific into Queensland to work on cane plantations. These are all forms of slavery. Mr Morrison's comments come as a coalition of 30 community groups, including Reconciliation Australia and the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, or NACHO, are demanding a bipartisan national anti-racism strategy across health, housing, education and the workplace. Indigenous Australians often worked for rations instead of wages and were displaced from their families to either missions or workplaces to fulfil roles such as servants, stockmen or labourers in what was often known as indentured slavery. As well as the conditions enforced on Indigenous Australians, the practice known as blackbirding saw an estimated 60,000 South Sea Islanders brought to Australia between 1863 and 1904 to work on sugarcane and cotton farms in Queensland and northern New South Wales. 
last year, a $190 million class action lawsuit on behalf of 10,000 Indigenous Australians was settled against the Queensland State Government. It claimed the Queensland Protections Acts, enforced between 1939 and 1972, required the wages of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander workers be paid to the protector or superintendent of an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander district, reserve, settlement or mission. Sounds like that superintendent is a synonym for slaveholder. <laughs> for Morrison to claim that Australia never had slavery perpetuates a dark history of whitewashing which has led us to where we are today. Where black deaths in custody, where black deaths in custody are excused and 10-year-old Indigenous children are thrown in prison, where we have failed to learn from history and are witness to a second stolen generation. Change will never come from above when our so-called leaders are incapable of admitting to the dark and racist history upon which so-called Australia was built. Yeah, right on. That's a, that's a really good... That's well written, actually. So, um, very, very good. We're, we're, the team's getting very good at these stories and because uh, there's a lot of uh, things that I can uh, draw examples of. And one of them is um, the... Um, the indentured uh, where they were on uh, missions um, or, and then they had to go work uh, th- that was uh, one of the stories that we heard of Deeping Creek and that's what happened out there where where um, the it was mainly the men out there that, that went and worked in, in elsewhere and the, um, the I'm not sure if the title was superintendent but we'll use that for, for our conversational point would take all the money and say well you've got to buy the mission so they had to buy the land oh. from the crown, which was stolen from, and them then in the they first just place. stole it back. For, they so it got stolen from them in the first place, and then they bought it back through garnished wages, and then it was stolen from them again. Jesus, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, well, you know one of the things that ca- you know happened out at Deeping Creek, and uh, you know um, uh, a slave is a slave, no matter um, how, how you. Uh, dress it up um you know so uh um yeah i'm, I'm glad we've re- reported on that that's uh yeah and um for, for our uh, leaders to be um deny in denial and uh he would have got away with it five ten years ago you know no one you know like but now mm. you know the the, the, the community is more more awake to to um the plight of our uh, first nation workers Right, oh, um, we've got uh, something happening over the other side of uh, the continent. Yeah, just a short one here, but I thought it was relevant given the recent events. Um, a Yamachi person was sent to hospital in critical condition after being injured by a prison guard at Bandiup Women's Prison in Perth. She is now in a stable condition. And in a separate incident, uh, incident, an Aboriginal person has died after he was found collapsed at Acacia Prison, also in Perth. And Acacia Prison is privately run by Circle Australia, who are the same scumbags running the refugee um, detention centre down at Kangaroo Point. Um, Western Australia has the highest imprisonment rate of Aboriginal people in Australia, and they've had more than 50 Aboriginal deaths in custody since 2008. And on a related note, uh, tomorrow at 10.30am in King George Square, the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy is holding a march to Parliament House to demand reforms to reduce racist policing and Aboriginal deaths in custody. They urge anyone who attends to wear a face mask, bring, ha- bring hand sanitizer, and practice social distancing, and to stay home if you have any flu-like symptoms.
Right, I'm hoping to head out to that. I'm pretty busy though, so um, yeah, it's 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 a you end up very very busy when you're standing up fighting back. But uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get out there. Are you gonna try and get out? Mm, give yeah. up the momentum of yeah what was built on last on yeah. the other one. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, that's very important. And um, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, that big one that was huge. Uh, you weren't in last week. Huh? Um, just, just quickly, you know, what what did you take out of it? What's what was the most uh, inspiring thing of the day for you for the Black Lives Matter rally? Um, <laughs> I'll put you on the spot here. I have a comrade. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, can't think that fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just amazing to see so many people there. Like, yes, yeah, so spend a lot of time in this sort of um, you know area of thinking like man, we really need big change in this company. And then when people see actual fighting back and, like, people willing to put, like, to, like, actually fight against the system, or even if it's over in America, that really, um, you know, it motivates people. It gives them hope that change is actually possible. That's and it. It gave me a lot of hope. And um, I talked a little bit about it last uh, last week, but... For me, it was all the young people that were out there. You know, there was more people of your age than what there was that, of mine, and I, I think that that's fantastic. You know, good, good on the, um, all, all the young kids who got out there and uh, and um, stood up in solidarity with our First Nations uh, workers. Now, um, uh, I'm calling our interviewee. I just wanted to do a, a bit of an introduction. Um, to to the uh, interview, um, the Morrison federal government is letting down early childhood educators again. Educators are vital in our communities and have shown this time and time again. They have been essential in helping Australia stay on its feet during the COVID-19 crisis. So why does the federal government still turn their back on them? This is cruel and not, and it's not good enough. Educators deserve better. All right, and um, so today on the line uh, we've got uh, Workers' Power regular, Kirsty, who is a delegate with the uh, United Workers' Union. Kirsty, as, as we know, is passionate about young workers' education and has been on our show before talking about the Big Step campaign. Well, we had to get in contact this week as Scott Morrison has decided the first industry to be cut from JobKeeper is childcare. For shame. Mm -hmm. An an industry whose main workers are women and it is women who rely on these services the most. So uh, thank you for coming in on the show again, Christy. Kirsty, sorry. Yes, Kirsty, it's all good. (laughs) So, um, what, what transpired in the early childhood ed- uh, education sector um, uh, prior to, to these shameful comments? Um, can you give us a, a bit of an idea of what, what happened in the sector during the COVID crisis? Yeah. Um, so, we actually saw educators be kept on the front line um, and actually paid off uh, their work health and safety played off against teachers. So, the government seriously only prioritise teachers um, and we saw in, in a lot of centres the PPE starting to dwindle down, especially in the early days. Um, no no regard for educator safety at all. It wasn't until United Workers Union stepped up with their six-point plan and said you are going to look after educators that this happened. Um, then we had the free childcare. Now, 
um, there was no no mention of, of educator safety or well-being during that time. Um, and while, you know, every child deserves access to universal childcare, how it was rolled out was appalling. There was just absolutely no... No thought given to safety, no thought given to stress, no thought given to even having these children exposed to the possibility of catching COVID. Um, every time they've, they've come out and said, oh, you know, children can't catch this, then we've seen cases where indeed children can catch it. Um, and, you know, in, in some centres in New South Wales, we actually saw educator and children, um, you know, catching it from each other. Um, there was one centre in New South Wales that was quite a high educated child, um, you know, infection rate so there, there was, it was just not on it's really just not on um we're quite frankly tired of being essential and, ex- and expendable with this government that's right and you you know you work so hard in trying and and, and some would say unsafe mm-hmm. conditions and then all that just for the morrison government to make cuts to uh, make cuts early to early childhood education um can you let us know what these cuts m- mean for workers on the front line Okay, so with a job keeper, um, some in some instances we had companies not even eligible for job keeper when it first came out. So my employer actually earned too much money last year for its educators to um, actually be eligible for that, and it took the union and my employer to go in hard to even be able to get that for their educators, um, which you know that that's not acceptable, um, not at all. So we've seen complete disregard and we've gone from never, never, ever mattering with the Morrison government or an LNP government previously to all of a sudden we're essential, we need to be kept on the front lines, to then Gantian coming out and saying, oh, thanks for the great job, thanks for staying on the front lines, but now you're getting paid a tiny bit less. Now, a tiny bit less of what? We're already getting paid a tiny bit less. Um, that, that's ridiculous. You know, our wages are... What we're expected to do to what we are, uh, you know, reimbursed financially is already inadequate. And you're saying a tiny bit less? Did you get a tiny bit less when you walked off the floor um, of the Parliament, Dan? I don't think so. That's right. Yeah, they shut down Parliament. Oh, yeah, they, they didn't take any pay cuts, did it, the yeah. grubs? Yeah. So um, I, I bet they certainly didn't get the 750 job keeper when they walked off the floor for their own safety. Yeah, yeah. Like we were expected to. That's right, and uh, such a uh, uh, an essential. Uh, I believe it's an essential service. You know, it's uh, it's uh, very uh, um, it, 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 it's very important to a, a lot of working women who who, who need yeah. your services. Um, so, yeah, that, I'm right in my thinking that uh, yeah, a lot of women rely on this so that they can go out and uh, and uh, work on their own careers. Well, a lot of parents in general do. Um it's, you know, the majority of parents out there, you know, are women and men. So it's in both, it's, it's both cases, you know. Um, families in general need to make sure that we're on the front line so they go and work. Um, just expecting the economy to get back on track um, while you're cutting services, you know, just how are they expecting people to, to do what they're wanting them to do while they're saying, no, that's not okay? And then there's also the thing that, uh, well, we've talked about this on when you've been on the show before, but we can talk about it again. Of course, where 
uh, I know you you think the same as me, where those um, formulative years in early childhood e- education uh, are among some of the importance in uh, people growing up and um, becoming young adults. Yeah, so the first five years are the most important of a child's um, development. So there's been a lot of studies um, done into that. Um, and you know what? We've we've asked during the Big Steps campaign before that children across Australia be given universal access. And we've always been told, no, 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 we can't afford it. Well, you managed to afford it during this. Um, why can't you continue rolling it out? Like we're seeing... You know, they'll, they'll always come back to comparing us to Nordic countries. So, like, the countries like um, Germany and Sweden and Norway, where childcare is essentially free. You know, if a space needs to be found, it's found. Um, you can prove that you can provide universal access. So, I don't know why they're not continuing to do that. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, they can do it during a crisis. They can do it all the time. So, um, yeah. What what uh, campaign have you got? Any campaigns organised uh, for these outrageous cuts, and and how will that fit in the overall Big Steps campaign? Yeah, um, so Big Steps campaign is about getting awareness out in the community. Now we believe what Dan Tian has said and done to us is universally unfair. So the unions, United Workers Union, will be going out to centres, and we're inviting all educators, so both non-members and members to sign a form that says what you think of Dan Tian's tiny bit less. We're asking educators to take photos of that and we're going to deliver the message to him. We're going to take that right up to his office and we're going to show him that we're not impressed with this. You know, how dare you disrespect us? We we came to the fore during this. We kept the country running during this crisis and this is how you thank us. You turn around and steal our wages. That is not acceptable. Right on. Not acceptable. And we won't have it here in uh, on Workers' Power and uh, uh, United Workers' Union and its members, will, uh, we, we will stand in solidarity. Um, uh, so uh, how can workers from other industries show solidarity? Um, you can just jump on to the Big Steps campaign online. So we've got a Facebook page on Big Steps. Um, alternatively, you can um, just get to your local member and and tell them but as long as you get out and show us support like even if it's like giving us a toot or when you're dropping your child off to your your you know your early education center saying to the educators hey what i think i think what dan Tian's done to you guys is not okay um just that's a, that's a great oh, just, anyway you can but just to stop i think that's a facebook page great I think that that's a that's a great one and and can go a long way. So if if you're using childcare um, services when you drop your kids off, say to the workers, I appreciate you and I think it's disgusting what the Morrison government is doing to you. Yeah, that would I'd go- even go as far to calling the scalawag of the week this week, Bill. Oh, 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 oh you, you you might be on a winner there. Uh, yes. You you may be on a winner there, so uh, that uh, is coming up later on in the in the show. But th- the thing is, uh, what we did is a, a couple of months ago is uh, we gave Scott Morrison exa- um, he's in it. He was ineligible to be Scallywag of the Week just because he, mm-hmm. he's so good and he was winning it every week. But uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a surprise in store for that later on in the show. So. Um, on to the real important stuff. How can affected workers get involved with the campaign in their workplace? So you mentioned the, the um, signs. I, I will always say to you, join your union. 
um, if you're sick and tired of being treated like the rubbish to be thrown out at the end of this crisis, join your union. It is not going to get better unless we all collectively come together and tell the government this is rubbish. You are not going to treat us like this. We are essential. We've, approved, we've proved to the country that we're essential and you are going to respect us. And if you don't, by goodness, we're just going to go off. And next election, we're going to bring this country crashing down around your ears. Right on, and and the the uh, union uh, once again the union for uh, for the childcare sector is United Workers Union. Um, so jump online, um, you'll be able to find us if you want to join. I really must impress with you when your organisers come to your centre, listen to what they have to say. There is so much information these people have, and it will empower you to do the very best that you want for our profession, because. Hiding and, and putting your head in the ground when it comes to these really important issues is not going to win it. We need to come together as a profession and fight this. That's right. Collective action from the workplace up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, once again, you, you, you've done excellent. You're an excellent interview, Kirsty. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, have, have you got anything that, that we haven't covered that you'd like to add? Um, not anything off the top of my head. Just join your union, people. Join your union. Yeah, great stuff. That's what we like to hear. So, th- yes, once again, thank you for coming on, Kirsty. We really appreciate it. I think that's three times you've been on now. So uh, I-, I thought I'd call you a workers' power regular. So we really appreciate you coming on and, and, and letting us know what it's, what it's like for, for, for real workers uh, um, to be, uh, you know, to be uh, downtrodden in this way. So thank you once again. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and can I just... Yeah, 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 go for it. Can I just give a big shout-out to all the cleaners out there for International Cleaners Day yesterday? You are also the unsung heroes of this um, pandemic. Right on, they have. They work very hard. So good on them yep. and good on you, um, Kirsty. And um, you keep well, you keep safe. And uh, we'll, uh, if anything happens in um, United Workers Union, uh, the big step campaigns, uh, we'll be in touch. Yep. Wonderful. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Um, and. Uh, um, so uh, we, we're moving on to um, now we're going to talk a little bit about um, Agitate, Educate, Organise and uh, as an intro to, to our interview and talking about uh, uh, the struggle for uh, refugee freedom out at Kangaroo Point, um, I wanted to ask Jackson, have you been out there? Uh, yeah, I was there on Saturday during the um, national event type thing. But I haven't been there otherwise. Well, I know I was surprised you there because I know you've been very busy with university. But good on you to show, take time to show some solidarity. I was out there on Saturday night. Um, uh, I, I'd heard that John got arrested, and I, I quickly drove in and uh, made sure all my comrades were safe and and uh, well fed and all that type of stuff. Um, and then I went again on Sunday. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, stuff happened and, uh, uh, it's inspiring being out there, isn't it, eh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. Right, uh, so what, what we've got as an introduction here is, uh, on, uh, Friday, one of our, uh, uh, one of the Workers' Power team, um, Michael, uh, recorded an interview with Sam Watson. Um, so this, this was done Friday and, uh, 
when we come, we'll play a track after that, and then when we come back, we're, we're going to um, cross direct to the front line um, and and see and get a get a up to the minute update. So, um, like I said, this was uh, recorded Friday with, uh, with uh, Michael with uh, Sam Watson Jr. And uh, here we go with the interview with Sam. Hi, we're here with Sam Watson outside the Kangaroo Point Central Hotel and we're discussing why uh, protesters have taken to uh, camping here over the past uh, 24 hours and uh, into the near future. So Sam, uh, who are you and what is your background in activism? My name is Samuel Aripa Watson. Uh, I've been going to protest my whole life with my family and friends. Uh, and in the last few years, I've been organising protests for climate justice, uh, against black deaths in custody, against racism, and for refugee rights. So, why are people camping outside the Kangaroo Point Cent- uh, Kangaroo Point Central Hotel? Uh, we're camping out here because there's 120 refugees who've been locked up, who've come from Manus and Nauru for medical treatment. They've been locked up for almost 18 months and for the last uh, around about two months they've been holding protests on their balconies, holding up signs and uh, banners and placards trying to bring awareness to, you know, the, the treatment that they're experiencing. So we decided to come out and support them, stand in solidarity with them, try and help raise awareness from the outside and this has been going on for almost around about two months. We have a big demonstration planned for uh, Saturday, the 13th, tomorrow. And, you know, we, we, we got a tip off that 30 refugees were being moved to basically like deportation holding centre, uh, Bida, which is near the Brisbane International Airport. We have kind of assessed the situation. We can see that... The people who are being targeted and moved are the people who have been vocal, um, have been vocal with media, been, you know, protesting on their balconies. Uh, and it's it's an attempt by the Australian government and border force to intimidate these people and silence them. And that's why we're out here today to try and stop anyone from being deported, to stop Serco and border force from putting people into a maximum security prison and possibly deporting them to Manus and Nauru where they're out of sight and, um, you know, attempted to be silenced. So what are your thoughts on the way that the police have been handling us protesters? Well, the, the police response has been disgusting, as usual. You know, last night, after we stopped one person being removed, you know, after... The road was clear and we weren't blocking anyone anymore. We were just standing around and the police, you know, charged us, pushed us as a group against the wall. I was pushed over and had my phone snatched out of my hand because I was filming and, you know, a pig stomped on it. You know, police officer in command says that he's not there when, you know, these things happen so he can't do anything about it. But all of the cops who are standing around and doing nothing while their colleagues, you know, abuse us and assault us, you know, are just as guilty as the ones who are actually laying hands on us. This morning, we were gathered outside the hotel on the corner and police were grabbing people by the throat and choke slamming them. 
the, the police have just been absolutely brutal and heavy-handed and it's disgusting but not not surprising for the police do you have any personal philosophies as to either how the police should be handling protesters or what kind of what should happen with the police force in general I think the police should be abolished. They, they're the enforcers of unjust laws. They're class traders. They're the ones who come and break the strikes and get the scabs in. They're, they're the ones who cross the picket lines. The reason that the police exist is to enforce the government's unjust laws and enforce the divisions between the people who have enough to get by and the people who have nothing and have to struggle and toil to make ends meet. What would you say to those who are, say, on the other end of the spectrum, those who believe in harsh borders, in harsh treatment of refugees, or any foreigners who want to come into our country? These people have come here from countries that have been affected by Western imperialism. That's the US, the UK, and Australia. They're people who've come from the Middle East, uh, Africa, countries and continents that have been affected by invasions that Australia has been involved in. So we don't want to have refugees around, then we shouldn't be creating refugees by being involved in these wars. These people have come here legally under international law and everyone has the right to safety and security and to live peacefully. And that that's all these people want. And everyone deserves that and we'll fight for that right so what are some ways the people of brisbane can help our cause if you can come down to kangaroo point central hotel and apartments bring a water bottle a face mask hand sanitizer bring a phone and a battery pack so that you know you can communicate with everyone who's here and also film interactions with the police and if you can't get out here, if you really can't get out here, please get on to Refugee Solidarity Mianjin on Facebook uh, and share the live streams. Get onto Jonathan Sree's page, maybe. Share updates from there and live streams from there. If you can drop off some food or uh, some materials for banner painting, just share things with your friends and get the word out that we need to stop these removals and deportations happening because they're trying to silence people who have no voice in the first place and trying to make them hidden, trying to trying to repress an oppressed people. It's, it's super important that we get out here and fight against that. Thank you, Sam, and thank you for listening to 4 Z. All right. Um, now, so on the line, uh, we, we've got... Uh, Fletch, you there, Fletch? Yeah, Bill. Yeah, so uh, Fletch is uh, at, at the moment. He's uh, out at uh, Kangaroo Point. Um, uh, we, uh, you, uh, as listeners, just heard from the intro from Sam Watson, and uh, which was recorded on Friday. So uh, um, Fletch is out there on the grass at the moment, uh, standing up for workers' rights, and uh, uh, we thought we'd catch up and get a bit of an update. But uh, first off... Um, uh, were you at the rally on Saturday? Yeah, I was. Yep, it um, it was it was a really good step forward. We had about probably three to five hundred people with us down here on the ground, um, and had 
a couple of things going. So we, we laid up about 120 set, sets of shoes down on the ground to, uh, I suppose, signify the 120 men that are locked up here inside the Kangaroo Point facility uh, and also sat in silence and for seven minutes. So one minute for every year that these men have been incarcerated in indefinite detention. Yeah, and uh, so the the rally was quite good. You got something, Jackson. You were out there too. Um, on the rally on Saturday, there was a big push to try and get a father to be able to hug his son. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's a man inside who's been... who arrived here to the Kangaroo Point facility. He's been separated from his wife and uh, wife and son for three years, and he's never... So his son was born here, and he's never held his son. So there was quite, I suppose, an emotional push and a rally um, just to get this man the privilege to hold his son for the first time. And so his wife and child were down here on the ground and they moved up to the fence. Um, so we kind of pushed forward up into the fence and were peacefully asking for him to come forward and just have the chance to hold his son there, um, which was quite a, which was quite an emotional moment and um, yeah, very inspiring. The police kind of blocked the gate and were pretty rough. They um, they kind of shoved some protest around and made it pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen. Um, but his wife and son were just a couple of metres from the gate and probably within about 10 metres from him. Um, so there was quite a bit of tension in the air. It did get a little bit heated, but John O3 did a fantastic job there de-escalating and making the point that we're here peacefully and that we're cooperating with the police, which we did. Um, and ultimately... He wasn't able to hold his son there, unfortunately, um, but that's certainly something that we're going to be pushing the next couple of weeks as we're here at the blockade. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting behaviour on the part of the police. Like, when your job involves you stopping a father from being able to hug his son, you really should quit your job. Yeah, career changes uh, uh, in mind, I think. <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and, well, Jono, for, for all his troubles... Uh, he ended up getting arrested on Saturday night, yeah? He did, yeah. That was um, that was a bit of a shock, I suppose. Props to Jono for being so outspoken and passionate for what he believes in. Um, I won't give too many details about Jono's arrest, as he has just released... He spoke to the media at 9.30 this morning at the Kangaroo uh, Point Cliffs here and addressed, I suppose, a lot of the questions there regarding what happened. But I'm happy to give you a brief overview of how that went down, if you'd like. Oh, no, no, that's all right. And we, we, we can refer people to uh, Jono's uh, official statement. I've seen him uh, doing that uh, as I was preparing for today's show. And uh, I was thinking maybe I should have got Jono. But I prefer, and we at Workers' Power, we, we prefer to talk to the uh, workers on the ground. So um, he, hearing um, your point of view is, is what we're after. So uh, um, we'll, we'll move forward to uh, Monday night. Now... Well, the council and uh, the coppers turned up with uh, the council in tow. Can you and give us a little bit of a rundown of of what happened there on uh, that was last night? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was um, that was fairly over. I think what's the word over overblown. We were um, so we were approached by the council by the council at about two o'clock after lunch, and they asked us to disperse as we were occupying space on council land without a permit. Even though we don't have fixed structures here, we've just had gazebos set up for the rain as it was quite rainy over the weekend. Um, but they kind of aggressively asked us to move on um, and we were told that 
if we didn't move on within a fairly short time period that any of the gear that we have here was going to be treated as abandoned and was going to be removed. So um, that was quite intimidating. There were probably about 30 police here, um, maybe seven vans, like a very strong police presence in any case. Um, and they began to then order uh, issue move-on orders, sorry, quite um, like all over the place. Several of us got move-on orders. And the reason for that then was for causing anxiety, allegedly, for the workers inside the compound, which is um, which is an interesting idea, to say the least. Um, but as I was setting, I was packing down my gear then, and I probably had about 15 police standing within a couple of metres of me, um, just as I was pulling down tarps and pulling down the gear here, which was quite intimidating and overblown, absolutely overblown. Yeah, too many coppers, not enough justice. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Too right. Um, but we had, so we did pull down. We complied with that. We pulled down, and now we have re-established the blockade. We're back in force, and um, we're not going to be stopping anytime soon. We're not going to be leaving until our demands are met. Let's put it that way. That's right. I I, I drove through the, the this morning and and I met you and uh, had a look around, and there's still. Well, we'll say, look, I'm a unionist, so I'll say this. There's still around, around about nearly 100 people down there at 7.30 this morning, so, which was awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. The, the support we've had from the community in general has been really humbling. Um, we're, having, we're having food dropped off, resources, people are signing up for ship. People are, people are really keen to get down here and get involved, you know, just members of the communities, workers, unionists. We've had members of various different unions down here on the ground at a grassroots level as well and we are talking and we're in negotiations with several unions about doing some stuff midweek and also moving forward from this point on so it's been it's been awesome the support we've had right on and uh, that that's why i wanted to make sure i got you on the show because uh, we have a few unions that listen in to us here and uh and we'd, we'd, we'd um, I, I know uh, I've been out there showing solidarity and we'd, we'd like uh, more unions to get involved, more workers out there on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like we've said, we are, we are really gaining momentum here and the sooner that workers and unions can get involved, the better for all of us, you know. Um, and the refugee rights here that are being, the refugees that are being abused here and the rights, um, they're, they're union issues as well, you know, and the unions expressions of solidarity in the past have been really, really beneficial. So we've, we've won a lot of common battles in the past, and the bigger the union presence we can get down here um, is fantastic. You know, many of the work, like many of the guys inside the compound now at Kangaroo Point are workers. You know, Fard, who was taken away on Thursday, which caused the blockade, which is kind of the spontaneous trigger for the blockade here. You know, he's a professional engineer. He's um, been working on lots of different projects and would be an absolute asset to the community. There are barbers inside, there are professional musicians, there are many who work in hospitality. Um, Fard's roommate was a doctor. He unfortunately committed suicide last year in a Brisbane facility. Um, but he was a practicing doctor, highly professional, highly well-educated, and was keen to get stuck into the community and, and work with us. Um, he unfortunately doesn't have the chance anymore. That's Dr. Mirwaz Rahabi, to put his name out there, and it's a, uh, it's a shame we lost him. It's a real shame. That's right. These are just workers trying to um, work for the community and, um, and 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 be a part of the community and and and, and bring up their families. So uh, yeah, absolutely, definitely yep. union business. Definitely, definitely. They've made it. They've made it very clear that they don't want to. 
uh, sponge. They don't want to go on benefits. They, they're asking just for the chance to integrate into the community and contribute. They want to build bridges and hospitals and, you know, assist the economy, assist the unions, assist everyone here who kind of shares common ideals of what we're doing here and with society. Um, and to rob them of that chance is, is pretty horrific, I think. They're well, just asking to be part of the community. Well, that's great to hear that you, you've got... Uh, well, I, I know that uh, the ETU uh, youth crew, who are... Uh, they're regulars on, are here on Workers' Power. Uh, they've, they've shown some solidarity and uh, um, some, I'm sure some other youth crews will put their hand up and uh, other unions. And um, I'm looking... I'm working towards... I'll, uh, I think I'll just quietly. I'll get. I'll try and get uh, Rafu, uh, the retail and fast food workers union, out uh, to uh, come out in uh, a show of solidarity as well. Yeah, um, it'd be great to have you here on the ground. That's right. And uh, so the the picket is going to be there twenty four seven. It's ongoing picket. Um, so that's all this week, uh, leading into um, a uh, a rally on Sunday two p.m. Can you uh, let us know a little bit about the rally? Yeah, sure. So we are we're doing a large rally every weekend. Um, so obviously, we had the rally on Saturday, and there was a great turnout and a lot of support there. So this Sunday is going to be bigger. Um, we're getting, so like we said, the um, ETUs coming down, and we are going to have a barbecue plans. Um, oh, we're music, we have speeches. Just anyone to pause who wants you to come there. down, particularly any members of the union. Um, who want to come down and maybe if they do have a bit of an interest in activism or if they've got experience there and would like to uh, have have some words and express some solidarity, that would be fantastic. And I'd absolutely encourage them to get in, in touch there. So, um, yeah, uh, you, just on that, you said ETU and barbecue. Is the ETU doing anything with the barbecue? No, they're, oh. they're just coming down to express solidarity. The barbecue is more a show of solidarity from the Islamic community here in Brisbane. Oh, cause um, and we're in, we're in touch with them also about doing various things throughout the week. Um, but the barbecues just come down, you know, grab something to eat, listen to some music, get involved. It's absolutely going to be a completely peaceful event and we, want, we wanted to, to make it a safe and welcoming space for everybody. Um, so obviously the bigger presence we got there from people who are aligned with their goals are better. Yeah, we, uh, we uh, the um, catering division of the uh, ETU are regular listeners uh, to Workers' Power. So that's where, where uh, a shout-out to uh, Mark and Debbie. Uh, hopefully I'll see them out there on Sunday as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, great union, and um, it's good to see them showing solidarity. So that's Sunday, 2 p.m.? Yep. Can you give us the address? Uh, that is at the Kangaroo Point, the Kangaroo Point Central Apartments. So that's at 721 Main Street at Kangaroo Point in uh, in Brisbane, obviously. So we'll be occupying all of uh, Main Street. We've got permits for that. Um, and, yeah, it should be a nice little festival there. That's 721 Main Street in Kangaroo Point from oh. 2 o'clock onwards. Awesome, awesome, and we'll we'll see you there. Um, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving Can us an update. One more you, question. You've got, yeah, uh, yeah. So I was just curious. Um, have you got any? I mean, if you're able to talk about this, is there any sort of long-term strategy with this occupation? Uh, what, how do you plan to help these refugees? Well, long-term strategies, I suppose. We are we're getting more organised. Um, 
and looking to, I suppose, build awareness and build a sense of community down here. So that's something that, we, that we're really trying to ramp up now is making this space at the blockade a bit of a hub. So we're going to be hosting workshops. We're going to be hosting um, talks and just trying to share knowledge and share information and really just get as many groups and as many um, you know, members of the union and members of different parts of the community involved. You know, the more the more community backing we have, obviously, the um, the harder we can push and is more likely those demands are going to be met. So those demands, just quickly, so we're just asking for three things. That's, um, one, no more transfers out of the facility. So the government are trying to transfer these men into high security, which robs them of their voice. They will lose the ability to protest. Um, there'll be no media access to them. And they're very much being, trying to be swept under the rug here. So that's the first thing. We're asking for free movement for them, just so these men who were brought here under Medivac, so already suffering mental health issues and other um, you know, physical, physical health problems, they've been locked in these hotel rooms now for up to eight months. So I know I certainly struggled, and many of us struggled with the COVID-19 quarantine. It's been two months, maybe. You know, imagine that for three quarters of the year. And these guys can't even go out and have a walk around the park or go to the shops. So that's the second part we're asking, just so they can go out and exercise um, and have a bit of headspace there. And then the third demand we're after is that they're simply out in the community by Christmas. Um, there's absolutely no reason why it shouldn't be possible. They've passed their health and security checks. Uh, and Christmas is a long time away, and it's absolutely doable that these members, they could be out tomorrow. But uh, we don't feel like Christmas is too much to ask for at all. Too right. Too right. Well, great stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like I was saying, yeah, th- th- great question, by the way, um, Jackson. And... Uh, Yes, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Fletch. Um, uh, you know, like, um, uh, it wouldn't be workers' power without the workers. Uh, 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 phoning in from on the picket line. I, I, that's basically a picket line in, in, in my English. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, yep. What you've got out there. So um, I call on all workers and unionists uh, to get out there on the grass and show solidarity. You can... Uh, and do that in many ways just by popping in and the easiest way is just by stopping in saying hello and saying great stuff comrades so um yeah yeah th- thank you so much for uh coming in and and also more importantly um thank you so much for standing up for workers rights and uh and um you know uh, look standing in solidarity with these uh, uh refugee workers who are uh, being held indefinitely with um, no real crime committed so uh absolutely yeah good yeah. stuff and you Not, you, um, you stay it really is a privilege for me to be down here i suppose and for many of us so um no, we're going to be here. We're not backing down. And it would be fantastic to see anyone who wants to come down and show solidarity, any union members that would like to have a stage here maybe and say a couple of things throughout the week. Uh, we're planning events throughout the week. I'd encourage everyone just to get in touch. Um, jump on Facebook for the Refugee Solidarity Meander in Brisbane. is kind of the hotspot for what we're doing here. Uh, stay informed. Come down. Spread the word. That'd be fantastic. Thanks very much for your support. No worries, and uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, um, we'll uh, we'll be we might even uh, be in. T- I'll see you on Sunday, anyhow, and um, we'll, we'll work on uh, if there's anything update uh, to update the uh, workers' power listeners for next week. Perfect. Look forward to seeing you then. All right, thank you, and Fletch. everyone else, of course. Thank you, Fletch, and you have a good day. Great, you too. Thanks. 
Um, so, yeah, so uh, moving on, uh, we, we've only got the uh, one, uh, as we... Um, Focus most of the show on uh, uh, first off the United Workers Union and then and then the uh, struggle out at Kangaroo Point. We've only got the one workers uh, action uh, story uh, ready to go this week, and uh, that is an update from Grilled Workers United. Once again, part of the United Workers Union, so uh, <laughs> uh, they've got a good 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 uh, part of the show today. So um. The Enterprise Agreement is currently making its way through the Commission process. Um, on Friday, uh, they attended a meeting between Grilled, the Union and Fair Work. They argued for the interests of grilled workers against the casualised employment they currently have, against grills selling weekend workers down the river and for additional rights for trainees. They maintain that many grilled workers will not be better off on this agreement than the award, and they don't think that workers should be made to give up real and tangible rights in exchange for wages which in some cases barely meet the minimum benchmarks. They should not be forced to live with, with the inconsistency and uncertainty which they currently do. They will fight, they will continue to fight for grilled, they, well, I'll read that again, we, they will fight, continue for grilled to incorporate consistent and predictable hours into the agreement so that they can plan their work lives around plan their lives around work rather than not knowing until a few days before whether they can commit to an appointment spend time with friends and family or whether they will have to work the agreement will continue to make its way through the Fair Works Com- uh, Commission's approval process and, and uh, the Grilled Workers Union will fight to have the most beneficial agreement that is possible. So good on them. They're, they're all young workers um, out there. They're, they're doing it really, really tough. And uh, um, so, so good on them. Uh, they haven't got many resources, unfortunately, the Grilled Workers Union. I do know that. Uh, um, and uh, they are, um, you know, coming up with the goods regardless. So uh, good on them. And uh, uh, let's hope that that builds uh, for the future and uh, uh, more hospitality workers can get on board and, and, and join and uh, stand up and fight back for what's right. And uh, Jackson and I, we're going to uh, move on to some uh, international workers' action today. Now, there's been some uh, exciting stuff happening uh, uh, around the world, but I personally, I think that this is one of the most exciting stories to, co- to, to come up. Um, uh, are you going to take us through it, yep. Jackson? Cool. Um, so, a Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone has been established in Seattle. This is from The Guardian on the 12th of June. Obviously, a lot has developed this since then. Um, and I heard this morning that they've changed the name to the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. Um, so, let's get started. Hundreds of protesters have taken over several bo- blocks of Seattle and transformed it into the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ helping to amplify nationwide protests while offering a real-world example of what a community can look like without police. For three days, protesters have filled several blocks and at least part of a park in the artsy Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. After police abandoned their East Precinct following dangerous clashes between protesters and law enforcement. 
I think what we're seeing in Chaz is just a snippet of a reality that the people can have, said Dae Shik Kim Jr., 28, one of the many organisers at the site. I think what it's doing is exposing the unnecessary need of an over-police state. The space is has both a protest and street fair vibe, with a small garden, medic station, smoking area, and a no-cop co-op. Oh yeah! <laughs> where people can get supplies and food at no cost. There's also a trio of shrine-like areas filled with candles, flowers, and images of George Floyd and many others who have been killed by police. For days, the area has been filled with all manner of speeches, concerts, and movie nights, including the th- including 13th, the Ava DuVernay documentary about racial inequality and the criminal justice system. Throughout the space are images and signs claiming the space for the people. You are now entering Free Cap Hill, reads one sign at the end at the edge of the zone in Capitol Hill, which has which has long had a leading role in the city's political and social movements. Across the main road in the encampment are three words written in large white block letters, Black Lives Matter, which I've seen recently, they're painted up to be all colourful and pretty and it's quite nice. Um, Protesters have described the site as a safe and peaceful place where the vast majority of people wear masks to protect each other against coronavirus and offer whatever skills or supplies they have. On Wednesday, people could be seen handing out masks, hand sanitizers, snacks and water. A variety of demands has been, have been raised during the course of the occupation, but the main three involve defunding the police, using that money to invest in community health and services, and dropping criminal charge against protesters. Right on. Now, I, 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 I just as I was f- scrolling through social media this morning, I, I didn't have time to investigate further. There's actually um, close to four of these all around the country. Four. I've heard yeah. about there's another one in Nashville, but yeah, yeah, the, and there's there's one in Tennessee or something like that where they're setting it up. They're oh, in the okay. process of setting it up, so um, that's fairly exciting, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah I want to join that no no cop co-op. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that, and uh, you know, uh, and also I wanted to to, to mention, um, you know, as we lead on to Scallywag. Well, we all know Rupert Murdoch and Coa Scallywags. Um, they um, they doctored a photo with a um, from the Seattle pro- uh, protest and put <laughs> armed people in the photo yeah, and got caught out doing it. Eh? Yeah. It's just you, how, how do these people sleep with themselves at night? You know, to doctor things up and they sleep on a bed of money. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what they say, isn't it? You know, uh, they sleep soundly on a, b- a bed of money. Well, I know, um, I know, I couldn't. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, I think most of the listeners know me by now, and uh, I'm someone who uh, wants to stand in solidarity with all workers and. Uh, Sleep soundly at night doing it. <laughs> now, Scallywag of the Week. I, I've done a bit, little bit of a special here this week. Right, and I'll read it this way the way I wrote it. <laughs> to prove that bad rules can and should be broken, we have here on Workers' Power reinstated Scott Morrison's eligibility for Scallywag of the Week. He got himself to power on a divisive and destructive campaign to stop the boats. Uh, He had a bit to do with what's going out there at Kangaroo Point. It's just a pity he couldn't stop the boat that mattered and release COVID onto our community. Uh, 
Now, as reported on our show today, he has cut assistance to some of the workers who were deemed essential during the crisis. They just happen to be predominantly women, and it is an industry that is predominantly supports women and family workers. So for that, uh, Scott Morrison uh, wins himself the special scallywag of the week. Um, yeah, I just had to reinstate that because we just did so many stories um, that that were were uh, relating uh, to him. I had to reinstate that. That's deserving. It's, it's a well deserved win. Oh, definitely. What a, what a what an absolute grub, you know. Um, you know, going after a you know a women dominated industry, and and this is where. You, you, you know us, us, uh, you know workers, and 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 those that are enlightened talk about the gender pay gap. This is because there's industries like this one who are predominantly women, and they're paying them the bare bare minimum to uh, look after and educate our young kids. So, and and as you heard from uh, from myself and uh, Kirsty earlier. Uh, before five, um, it's just the education is so important. It's it really, really is. All oh, righto. So that's the scallywag. Um, righto. We'll we'll go through the events. Even though we've already uh, mentioned the events today, we'll we'll go through them again. I think we'll remind comrades of it. Uh, okay. So there's a the mass rally to end the cruelty. Let them hug their families. Uh, Seven twenty one Main Street, Kangaroo Point. Sunday, June the 21st at 2pm to 5pm. All right, uh, and also the snap action for tomorrow. Uh, Stop black deaths in custody at the King George Square. Wednesday at 10.30am, that's tomorrow, hosted by uh, the Brisbane Aboriginal uh, Sovereign Embassy. That's just all about keeping up momentum. For, for that, you know, I think uh, um, the 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 rally, uh, as we mentioned, and we talked about the rally, and was all exciting. That's uh, that's just the start. Yeah, uh, you know, it's very important to uh, you know keep going. You know, it's not going to be as big as exciting as the last one, but just as important. So so get down there and uh, and and get amongst it. So um, and of course, with anything during this these strange times, remember to wear a mask bring hand sanitizer, social distance and all that. And also, if you're feeling any symptoms, just do not leave the house at all. <laughs> right on. And, yeah, that's very, very, very important. And uh, uh, Yes, uh, the hand sanitizer has been good. I, I, I've appreciated the... Um, uh, it took them k- kicking and screaming companies like Coles and Woolworths, but Coles and McDonald's and the like. But uh, it's there; it's more available. And if you're ever worried that you touch something, i.e., you, you've just gone to the bank or something like that, it's it's good that you can find some hand sanitizer these days. And uh, yes, well, that's that's the show for us. Uh, we've got our uh, obligatory uh, last uh, song that we normally play. That. Uh, <laughs> Uh, has has a few naughty words, but uh, we'll we'll pay a language warning for that. And uh, um, are you go? Are, are you on on holidays now, Jackson? Yeah, bit of a break. Yeah. So uh, typical of you, you you'll be out there. That means you can spend more time in activism, doesn't it? <laughs> Certainly. Great stuff, comrade. And uh, 
Um, these events that we talk about, um, we just don't talk the talk here on our Workers' Power. We walk the walk. We're out there on the, on the front lines. We get there on the grass with comrades. Hence why we've got some great interviews for you to listen to today and, and keep you informed about workers standing up and fighting back locally, uh, around the continent and around the world. So thank you once again for tri- uh, listening in to uh, Workers' Power for Triple Z and... Uh, we uh, we shall um, see you next Tuesday.